0: hey everybody this is nick the american not nick the north korean not nick the seattleite not nick the conservative it's nick the fucking american hope everyone's doing well let's go um let's see here major league baseball kicked off this past week and we had a bunch of different rule changes how did they go i don't want to talk about all of them like the big bases Um, hopefully that leads to more stealing. And it seemed like there was the steals were up. Um, But two things in particular um, that kind of struck me as I watched the Seattle Mariners lose three of four to the Cleveland Indians. um, The pitch clock, the pitch clock and the length of game. They're kind of related obviously. So my goodness, the games are going quick. I know it's only four games, but 30, 40 minutes shorter than normal. They almost go too quick. Um, I like to hang out at night, watch the game. Maybe it goes till 1030 on the West Coast. Not the case. These things scoot along. And it's kind of nice because the Mariners have a reliever named Diego Castillo, the Seattle Mariners. I know everyone's got their own baseball teams. And the motherfucker literally takes like 45 seconds in between pitches. He gets off the mound. He wipes his brow. He tightens his cap. He loosens his belt. It's ridiculous. Um, you can go to the fucking grocery store and come back, and there's two outs and two on and a 3-2 count. Diego Castillo still pitching the same inning. So getting these guys' asses on the mound, getting the hitters ready to hit, I think it's good. Now, there's something... I want to talk about specifically game one, Seattle was playing Cleveland. We're in the eighth inning of a scoreless tie. Obviously it's scoreless. So it's a fucking tie. The Indians had this squirrely reliever and I recall him from last year. I should have his name, but I don't. And he likes to flip the ball around and do different leg kicks. Um, He's a squirrely little fucker. And he takes all this time. Anyways, there's nobody on in the eighth inning. It's 0 0. There's nobody on. JP Crawford, shortstop for the Seattle Mariners, is up and it's an 0 2 count. And boom, this squirrely pitcher for the Indians gets called for the time, the clock, the 10 or 15 second clock, whatever it is. And the crowd literally comes to its feet like it's third down and six with two minutes to go in an NFL playoff game and they start counting the clock now the count goes to 1 and 2 because he gets this uh, he has this this ball against him he then goes 2-2 two, two. he then goes 3-2 the crowd is into it they're literally into this pitcher's head you've never really seen anything like this in major league baseball where the crowd just instantly was injected into the action to make a potential difference like we see in other sports like say basketball or football He walks J.P. Crawford. The crowd is just a frenzy. Everyone is on their feet. They wouldn't have been on their feet without this rule. He walks the next guy. Clearly, the crowd is in his head. They're having a great time. This is anything like, you know, a baseball atmosphere. This is not what baseball typically is. Then, boom, Ty France, the Mariner first baseman, gets up and hits a home run to right field. Barely over the wall. Hits a home run. Mariners win three, nothing crowd is nuts. That rule change injected some life into game one of the major league baseball season, Seattle Mariners versus the Cleveland Indians. It was fun. It was exciting. I'm all for it. We'll see if it continues. See how many different times a pitcher gets called and has to give up a ball but the games are moving swift and literally this rule change injected some life into you know if you're not a baseball purist baseball can be slow and boring sometimes and so this rule change yeah i think i'm for it right now we'll 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 keep our eyes on it we'll keep tabs on it but so far so good for major league baseball fast games more stealing and you inject a little bit of life into the game that a lot of us love. So, all right. I was at a varsity high school baseball game last week. And it really got me thinking. It was pulling at my, my heartstrings. Hazen High School versus Liberty High School. A couple of teams in the Renton area. Most of these kids grew up playing baseball, football, sports against each other. They know each other really well. My own son was actually playing in a JV game at a different ballpark. And I chose not to go watch my own son. I chose to go watch the varsity, Hazen versus Liberty play. And the reason why I did that, one, I've seen my son Spencer play enough. And I'll see him play many more times. But half of the Liberty lineup, I had coached at some point during youth baseball. Three quarters, 80% of the Hazen lineup, I had coached at some point during youth sports, during youth baseball. Even the kids that I didn't coach, I coached against or know well. And so sitting back, following these kids and watching them grow has been a lot of fun. And, and this isn't the first year I've done this. Um, we've got things like Game Changer where I can literally watch a high school baseball game on my TV or on my phone, no matter where I'm at. If, I'm, if I might be at my son's JV game, I can pull up a game on my phone. It's so accessible. It's awesome. Same way with football, high school football or high school baseball, excuse me, high school basketball, NFHS network. I can literally be at a varsity football game and I can watch – Two football teams square off across the mountains, or I can watch kids that I've coached. And so, watching Hazen versus Liberty, I was getting a little nostalgic. And it's that time of year again where Little League Baseball is starting up. And I just wanted to encourage all the moms and all the dads out there to get involved. Go coach your girls' softball team. Go coach your son's Little League baseball team. Go coach the football team. Go be involved in the PTA. Go do something. I I know Little League baseball, for example, they need a president. They need a vice president. They need a treasurer, right? They need equipment managers. And these positions are constantly changing. And I know as a part of a former board of a Little League It's very difficult when you get parents transitioning out and then you've got parents transitioning in. You need a new president. You need a new vice president. And you don't just need somebody who says, yeah, I'll be the president. Yeah, I'll be the fucking vice president. You need people who are actually going to do something. we are going to be a value add. Make the league better. And so I encourage everybody, it is so rewarding to coach when you're coaching these 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old kids, 13-year-old kids. And then at some point, you get to watch them blossom into productive varsity players. And many of the coaches, or excuse me, many of the kids that I've coached, I'm really lucky. I'm watching them. There's several Division One athletes Hell, when I was growing up, a, Divi- a division one athlete, few and far between. And in this day and age of specialization, these kids are better and better and be- They keep getting better. Watching these kids play is, is, is a highlight for me. And I encourage everybody, male, female, go out and get involved. Go out and coach. On that note... I got a couple of coaching tips for you, okay? I've got kids that are my own on my team, and I know parents don't like daddy ball. They fucking hate it. It's no good. Daddy ball is when you've got your son is the sixth best hitter on the team and he's batting lead off or 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 cleanup. Daddy ball is when your son or your daughter is the fourth best fielder on the team and they're playing shortstop. Don't play daddy ball. You might be a little harder on your own son or daughter because they're your son or daughter because you don't want to be guilty of daddy ball. There are minimum play requirements in little league, two innings and one at bat, and you follow those. But with my boys, we had really competitive leagues. We had really competitive teams And oftentimes my oldest son Carter or my second oldest Spencer would play two innings and one at bat. They'd play the minimum. That was what was required. And a lot of parents were taken aback on, wow, this doesn't happen. Coach Nick, um, thank you for that. And I said, thank me for what? They get two innings and in at bat, everything else is earned. My boys have to earn it. And if they're not good enough, to crack the starting nine for six innings, then they get two innings and one at bat. One of the biggest mistakes coaches make, and I, I see, I saw it all the time and you still see it today is they play little Johnny, their boy, they batting him third and playing him shortstop or he's pitching and he has no fucking business doing that. There's four other kids on the team that should be given that spot, but they're not. So, Be careful with your own kid. Be tough on your own kid, right? Another another piece of advice, don't ever yell at umpires, okay? A lot of times these are 16-year-old kids umping a game for 60 bucks. Or these are old guys who can't see very well and just they don't know the game as well as they should, but they're out there making a couple of extra bucks. Okay, but don't yell at the umpires. You are going to get bad calls. Here's how you handle a bad call. All right. So you've got a hitter up at the plate and he gets rung up on a ball that was in the dirt. Umpire, awful call. The kid's going crazy. kid's upset. You tell that boy and the rest of your team, hey, our call is coming. It's a tough game. Okay, we're going to get our call. And when you say that, you say that in a nice way, but you say it loud enough so that umpire can hear. Okay, hey, we're going to get our call. Tim, we're going to, Timmy, little Timmy, we're going to get our call. It's coming. It's coming. Okay, right? And guess what? The bottom half of the inning, they've got a batter up. 3-2 pitch, it's a foot outside, and boom, he gets fucking rung up. You got your call. More times than not, there's going to be a bad call. Take a deep breath. Let, the, let your boys know that our call's coming. Let the umpire hear that. And I promise you, more times than not, you're going to get your call. Don't address the ump directly. Don't get up in his ass and let your kids see that and let the parents see that. Be smart about it. Be classy about it. And I'm telling you, it'll pay off for you. Our call is coming. Another thing let's touch on, participation trophies. I know listening to parents over the years, and I just saw there was like legislation in like North Carolina or something to ban participation trophies. I'm like, really? Um, But do I agree with participation trophies? I don't give a flying fuck. If we finish fourth place, let's say, and the parents want to get together or whoever and want to get the kids a trinket for finishing fourth, do I care about that? Does that impact anything? Is that making our kids soft? I don't believe so. Who gives a fuck? What I'm big on is the actual participation. I mentioned two innings, One at bat. That's what a kid is promised in, for example, Little League Baseball. That's what they're promised. Now, anything more than that, they have to earn that. They've got to earn their participation beyond two innings and one at bat. And so anybody who's crying, and I had parents, hey, I can vividly remember, parents whining about participation trophies in some sort of conversation offline that we would have. And then those same parents would whine that their kid isn't playing enough. And it's like, like, listen, your, your kid can't field. So he's going to get the minimum or your kid can't hit. He can field, but he can't hit. I've got to work him in and out with another boy. If you hit and field, I can't take you out. If you do one or the other, you could be potentially taken out. You Earn participation. If you want to give them a fucking trophy at the end of the year because they finished seventh, who cares? I don't think that's making them soft. What's making them soft is here. You get to play no matter what you bring to the table. If you come to practice not prepared, squirreling around, you get to play. No bullshit. Bullshit. Fuck participation. You've got to earn it if you want to participate. So I think that's a good rule of thumb, too. So go out and coach sports. Football, softball, baseball, soccer, it doesn't matter. Go be a part of a board. Make your city better. Make your league better. And then a little bit later in life, when you get to watch these kids as almost, you know, you get to watch them as young men. It's pretty damn exciting. Like I said, We've got some real serious athletes in the Renton area. Stand up, Mr. Klein from Liberty High School. Looking good. Two-way, football, baseball. I used to coach youth football. Stand up, Mr. Brown. Number one recruit in the state in football from O'Day High School. Um, I'm watching every single play you guys make, and I'm watching. That goes for every single boy. You don't have to be a Division I athlete. It's exciting. I'm actually kind of upset. Um, I've got a nine-year-old girl, eight-year-old girl. She's almost dying. And she's not playing softball. I always envisioned, you know, Nick, a.k.a. Lou Piniella, would be out coaching a bunch of 10-year-old girls who are are dabbling with their hair and I'm yelling at them in the dugout. That doesn't look like it's going to happen and it's kind of sad. But... It is what it is. She's doing gymnastics, and that's great. Not something I'm going to coach. Get involved, guys, gals. All right. Let's see. What else is in the news? Donald Trump indictments. Let's see here. He was just indicted for having sex with Stormy Daniels. No, he wasn't indicted for having sex with Stormy Daniels. It was the way in which he paid Stormy Daniels, I'm not exactly sure all the I think the the the, the counts are going to drop sometime today or tomorrow, but we've heard from the right that it's a witch hunt. It's a total witch hunt. Why can't we just let this play out? There's going to be a trial, there's going to be a prosecution, there's going to be a defense. Let's listen to what happened and then we can make our judgment, right? Why can't we do that? It's because of our Republican-Democrat thing that we can't do it. If it's a Republican and a Republican's on trial, then it's a witch hunt. And keep in mind, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you watch Trump rallies the last five years, what do they chant at all their rallies? Lock her up. Lock him up. I would love to know how many different individuals a mega rally has chanted they wanted that person locked up for no fucking reason other than they just disagree or don't like them. Lock them up. So Republicans are calling this a witch hunt. And I'm wondering, Trump's facing potentially, what, four different indictments. He's got the January 6th coup. He's got the Stormy Daniels thing, which, let's be clear, the Stormy Daniels thing is petty, right? I think it's the least serious of his potential indictments, So he's got the, he's got the documents. He's got the January 6th coup. He's got the stormy Daniels thing. And then he's got the Georgia election fraud. So look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find, uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have because we won the state and flipping the state is a great Testament to our country because you know, and there's, there's there's just a, it's a testament that they can admit to a mistake or whatever you want to call it if it was a mistake. I don't know. If that's not fucking voter fraud, I don't know what is. This guy's literally telling Brad Raupsemberger to go find me eleven thousand eight hundred and seventy-one votes. That's one more than I need, Brad. Listening to that hour and five-minute call had Joe Biden. Have made that phone call in a state that he lost, where he thought he had friendly Democrats that were going to find him votes, that would be a smoking fucking gun. You'd have Fox News, you would have every Republican up in arms. Play that hour and five minute tape of Trump trying to persuade Georgia state election officials, Republicans, to change the fucking outcome of the election. It's absolutely disgusting. It's disgusting. So it's a witch hunt with this one indictment. What happens if Donald Trump gets indicted four times? Is that a witch hunt? Why don't we just let the courts play out? Asia Hutchinson. Who's Asia Hutchinson? Former governor of Arkansas, a Republican. Surely not a rhino, not a Republican in name only, especially just because he he breaks from Trump. Sometimes he's actually declared himself a nominee for the presidency of the United States in the Republican Party. He said what I just said, let it let the let, let it play out. Let it play out. He did go one step further and said Trump should not run for president while under indictment. Witch hunt. What happens if instead of one indictment, there's four is that a witch hunt or is that a, a serious, consistent pattern? I don't know. The Stormy Daniels thing is interesting because we hear white males are under attack in this country. Oh, you know, white males are the new minority. They're getting fucked. And we think about black people um, sometimes when we, we we say that, oh, you know, reverse racism. It's going too far. I don't agree with that. I don't buy into that. But what about women? What about women? So Trump had sex with a porn star while he was married, and then he paid her off to shut her mouth right before the election against Hillary Clinton. Let's imagine for a second, if we can. Okay. Republicans, I want you to imagine this. Democrats, I want you to imagine this. Let's say Hillary Clinton had sex with Lexington Steele. He's a a porn star, okay? Let's say she squatted on his spear, bounced around on his dick, and then two weeks before the election against Donald Trump, paid Lexington Steele to shut the fuck up. Let's say it was... We don't even have to use Hillary Clinton. I know how polarizing she is. Let's say Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, okay? Okay former governor of South Carolina, who's now running for president. Let's say she fucks Lexington Steel. She bounces around on his dick and then pays Lexington Steel $130,000 two weeks before her election. How would we feel about that if it was a woman fucking a male porn star? Is it a, a female world? I think that female would be absolutely destroyed. She'd be totally fucked. She'd be done. Who could have gotten away with this? Could Barack Obama have had sex with a porn star, cheated on Michelle, and then pay the porn star off and, and been clean? I'm not sure. I think only a white male, only a white, only Donald Trump could pull this off. So when I hear white males are being discriminated against, I kind of laugh. I think about Donald Trump and I'm and I think about Stormy Daniels and I, I I try to you know put envision the scenario. What if it was a female fucking a male porn star instead of a male fucking a female porn star? Would it be different? The answer is probably fucking yes. Let's wake up a little bit. Let's wake up a little bit. Let's let these the indictment or the indictments play itself out there's a prosecution there's a defense and listen this isn't trump's first rodeo we had a january 6th impeachment trial that nobody watched on the republican side there was literally no defense on trump's side well this will be different with this upcoming indictment he's going to have to defend himself we also watched an impeachment trial um, when trump went with, with uh Zelensky. And Hunter Biden, there was an impeachment trial there, too, with literally no defense from Trump other than, you know, from his side saying this is a complete witch hunt. Well, people are going to be watching this time, I think. I think. Let's let it play out. And if mega, mega country and Republicans want to treat this like black people treated the O.J. Simpson trial, no matter what, he's innocent, then so be it. But let's take a look at this. Let's let our judicial system play itself out. Let's do what Asia Hutchinson said. Why not? All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I don't want to always talk about machine gun Taylor Green, The wonderful, the beautiful, the smart, sweet representative from the state of Georgia. But I, I, I feel I have to. One She's probably on a short list to be Donald Trump's vice president. Could be Carrie Lake, who lost her gubernatorial bid in the state of Arizona. It could be machine gun Taylor Green. She's lobbying for this spot. So I feel it's important to bring her up. She was just on a show with Leslie Stahl. She gave an interview where she doubled down, tripled down, where she said Democrats are pedophiles. The Democrats are a party of pedophiles. I would definitely say so. They support grooming children. They are not pedophiles. Why would you say that? Democrats, Democrats support, even Joe Biden, the president himself, supports children being sexualized and having transgender surgeries. Sexualizing children is what pedophiles do to children. Leslie Stahl asked her to clarify, you know, made her clarify. and No, Democrats are pedophiles. I'm a pedophile. Joe Biden is a pedophile. Democrats are pedophiles because they're on the side of what gender affirming care and and we're not going to get into that today but and we we will but that doesn't make you a pedophile. I bet 80% of the Republican party would break from Marjorie Taylor Greene when she calls Democrats a pedophile. We are not pedophiles. That kind of language it's disgusting. It's disgusting and Last episode, we talked about Machine Gun Taylor Green believing the parents of Parkland and the parents of Sandy Hook were actors, were fake. And I brought up Robert Byrd, and I brought up change, and maybe Machine Gun Taylor Green could change. And I was reminded this week she prob she's gonna she's got a long way to go, a long fucking way to go to be Robert Byrd when she called the Democrats pedophiles. And so, in honor of the wonderful congresswoman from Georgia, I want to reach out to her. I want to work with her. Marjorie, I want to direct a sex tape. And I want you to star in my sex tape. You know who else I want to star in my sex tape? None other than Georgia football great Herschel Walker, baby. The amateur porn video that I'm going to shoot, because I'm just an amateur, is going to go something like this. Herschel Walker is going to give it to Machine Gun Taylor Green, And she's CrossFit. She's in great shape, right? So she's going to be ready for this. And Herschel Walker, he's a was a member of George H.W.'s like presidential fitness team. He was like the guru. This is going to be a session. It's going to last 20 minutes. Herschel Walker is going to bang Machine Gun Taylor Green in every position imaginable. I'm talking even reverse cowgirl, okay? Of course, doggy. Everything. It's going to be amazing. Now, the key to the video is this. Herschel Walker is going to give her a cream pie like you've never seen before. A messy one. Then you know what Herschel's going to do? He's going to get up. He's going to clean himself off. His old machine gun, Taylor Green, is sitting there, spread eagle on the bed with that cream pie. He's going to get up. He's going to drop 300 bucks on the bed, and he's going to tell her to get rid of that baby. And he's going to walk out. And knowing machine gun, Taylor Green, like I know machine gun, Taylor Green, she ain't aborting that baby. Why the fuck would she give up potentially the next or one of the next great running backs in a long line of running backs for the Georgia Bulldogs? She's got a walker inside of her, potentially. She loves the Georgia Bulldogs. There's no way she's giving up that baby. No way. So, machine gun Taylor Green, Herschel Walker. Let's do a sex tape. I think we could put it on pay-per-view for 9 dollars We could give 25% of the proceeds to the Republican Party. Herschel, if you're going to run again, it'd be nice for your war chest. We know machine gun Taylor Green needs the money because she's going to be running forever. Let's raise some money. Let's make a great sex tape. And nobody get upset about what I just said. Please don't. And you know why? You know why you shouldn't be upset? Because this is what Herschel Walker's done. He's cream-pied women, and then he's paid for their abortion or attempted to pay for their abortion. Do what I say, not what I do. And I just have to be mean to Machine Gun Taylor Green when she calls me a pedophile. How a fucking offensive is that? It's ridiculous. How ridiculous is it to say that the Parkland and the Sandy Hook families are fake? Make a sex tape. Make it right, Machine Gun Taylor Green. Give everybody some enjoyment. I'd watch it. I'd pay $9.99. Would you? I think so. All right. All right. On a brighter note, on a brighter note. Somebody sent me a clip this past week, and it brought me back to my youth, my first crush. Somebody sent me a clip of John McEnroe um, calling out Steffi Graf onto the pickleball court, the great Steffi Graf. Steffi Graf won all of the Grand Slam tournaments multiple times. In 1988, she even won all four in the same year, plus the Olympic gold. She's the only woman in history to complete a Golden Slam. I was brought back to when I was seven, eight, nine years old, waking up at six in the morning or 5.45 a.m. to watch Steffi Graf, the classy Steffi Graf battle Martina Navratilova or Chris Everett. I absolutely love Steffi Graf. And I was reminded by this video how much I love Steffi. She went out there and played pickleball. And by the way, if this isn't as classy a looking woman as I've ever seen, she was classy when she was playing when she was 20. She's even classier now. This was my I'm not sure if it was Christy Brinkley from the movie Vacation or it was Steffi Graf, was my first crush. But Steffi Graf was a crush when I was eight. She's a crush now when I'm 44. What a gorgeous woman. What a classy woman. Love Steffi Graf. And what's so interesting, who's she married to? She's married to Andre Agassi, the bad boy of tennis. She was kind of the princess of of the female game. What an incredible couple. And obviously, they probably had to go through some trials and tribulations like every marriage does. I think what Andre had some some drug issues, but what a what an interesting couple, how they got together. Um, And stand up, Steffi Graf, you epitomize class. You are absolutely wonderful. My childhood is better because of you waking up at six in the morning and watching you in the French Open or Wimbledon kick ass. I would literally, I, I, was, I would be upset. It was like my Denver Broncos. If Steffi lost, I was not in a good mood. So a blast from the past. Steffi Graf, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Check it out. In closing, in closing, I talked about coaching. Volunteer. Become a coach. Become a board member become a mentor, make an impact. That's what Republicans do. They make impacts. That's what Democrats do. They make an impact. That's what Americans do. We make an impact. Go coach your son or daughter's youth team. Go get on a board and make your league as good as it can be. I promise you, down the road, it just gets even more rewarding. Enjoy it. It's that time of year. We got Little League Baseball coming up. Get involved. Get involved. And I'll talk to you later. That's Nick the American.